You're listening to Advanced Verified. Our host, Keisha, is the director of Allied Health Programs. Take it away, Keisha. Hey, and welcome to Advanced Verified. My name is Keisha, and I will be your host. I'm joined today by Candice Drake, our phlebotomy instructor here at Advanced. Howdy! And today we're going to be talking about a few different topics. Uh, today we're going to start out with talking a little bit of, to Candice about joining uh, her career choice as a phlebotomist, a bit about how she began and started, and a bit about how she sees uh, the benefits for students, the benefits in participating, and what it's like to get out there and start the career after you finish class. <laughs> Sorry, they they left a, a board of just delightful little buttons for me to push, and I just have to take advantage of it. So here we are. Uh, thanks for having me and asking me these questions. This is pretty cool. I appreciate that you guys are putting this platform out there for students. Because I know I'm a lifelong student and I love podcasts. Can't get enough of it. As we all should be. I mean, nothing better than rolling through life, doing what you got to do, listening to goodness in your ears. So a little bit easier to do than like, you know, YouTube while you're driving. Not recommended. (laughs) Exactly. So tell us a little bit about how you got started and a little bit about yourself. So... Uh, I am an Aquarius. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> when when I started with phlebotomy, it was actually as a stepping point. Mm-hmm. I never intended to stay in it. Still don't. Hashtag no regrets. But um, <laughs> I started in phlebotomy because at the time I had housemates who one was a nurse practitioner mm-hmm. and then the other one is a nurse. And so um I loved hearing them coming home, talking about their classes, and I knew I would never want to save anybody. So I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely interested in the medical field, but maybe not like that much responsibility, you know? <laughs> no no one's life stuff. should be yeah. in my hands. Okay. Okay. Unless it's my dog, so that's fine. <laughs> but I, yeah, I just started looking into like, okay, what interests me? I am a personable person. Um, so... I looked into phlebotomy, also rad technician, um, still am on a course to pursue that. It's been many, many years, but also I like being able to afford my life. So I'm taking it. At, so so rad myself. tech, as Candace puts yeah. it, is radiology technology. Yes, exactly. So an x-ray tech. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, but yeah, just, and also a sonography technician I looked into for a while as well, because again, that one-on-one personable time that I got or that I would have gotten to spend with someone and then send them out the door and make their day a little bit happier. Perhaps, yeah. You know, of course, but anyway, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> and then a little bit about your schooling, like how was your experience with school? How did you feel going through the program? Gotcha. Like, so for me, um, I scholastically have always been at the bottom of the barrel. I just, I take longer reading when I learn something, I don't want to spit it back out and then delete it. Mm-hmm. I am learning it to carry it with me through the rest of my life. That's, that is my goal as an active learner. So it just takes me a little longer, mm-hmm. but, um, well, yeah, committing to long-term memory instead of just short-term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which 
is my goal. Not that that needs to be everyone's. And there are, there is a time and a place to be able to just be able to spit information back out, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't need to store it. Like yeah. I could probably tell you the theme songs to many a Disney slash Nickelodeon introduction. <laughs> Do I need that stored? No. It, it always but, comes in handy. But it's there. Yeah. So anyway, maybe on Jeopardy, it'll come in handy one day. You just have to play. Yes. But um, yeah. So as far as schooling, I was really fortunate to go to a program where I purchased my book early on. I read it from front to back multiple times before I ever showed up to class. But that was for, I had that as a privilege for phlebotomy specifically. But as I've gone through college in general, I don't always have that as an option. So I was lucky enough to have a professor who encouraged us to figure out what type of learner we were. And I'm an auditory learner, primarily. So for me, if I listened to something, then I could retain it Mm -hmm. far better than if I was sitting down in the classroom taking notes. Exactly. I feel the same way. I'm more about relating it to personal experiences, almost like a storytelling. Totally. Right? If somebody tells me a story, I'll remember it way more than a line from a textbook. Absolutely. Well, and relevancy. So like, if you can bring information back to why it is relevant to you exactly like you're saying mm-hmm. then it sticks as opposed to trying to memorize it exactly so so how long was your program so the program i attended was only two weeks long it was two full weekends and then two days in the midweek and it was primarily lecture based so a lot of hands-on um Our lecture was really the weekends. We had long, long days in the seat. Um, But still, we would get up and become hands-on and kind of mix it up a little bit. So as far as um, classroom environment, it was, I think we had 20 or 18 people. That's it in our class. So everyone got to know each other really well, really quickly, hence only having two weeks (laughs) to get to know your classmates. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, phlebotomy is a... We get really close, <laughs> really quickly. So, especially when you're poking holes in each other's arms. But yes, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a it's a fairly trusting kind of course. Yeah. yeah, and not just in the person who is poking you, but also in yourself mm-hmm. for being able to do the task at hand. Yeah. For those of you who are phlebotomists, that is a butterfly joke. <laughs> <laughs> we can appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm sure that in your classes, you've taken part of that classroom structure and setup and you've applied the changes that you feel necessary for the class absolutely into your structure what kind of stuff do you do differently so for my classroom I really love when uh, my students get to know each other quicker um, because it kind of breaks through that awkward like hey who wants to get poked first you know (laughs) or you're like I don't know you You I don't know your abilities you know what I mean so Um, we do a lot of, um, I wouldn't even call them icebreakers. I might call them mixers where I'm clumping two to three students in groups. And then we do a three minute exercise of something that we're learning, like tying on the restrictive bands Mm -hmm. and then, okay, cool. Now swap, grab someone different. All right. I want someone different because the more exposure you have to your classmates, the less maybe intimidated you feel when you're partnered up with them when you're about to like 
do a live draw from them. Exactly. So, and some of those um, things that you're talking about, because people do get shy and they don't want to be involved as much. What kind of things can you tell people about participation and what it means to class time? Oh man, especially in an accelerated program Mm -hmm. where you are there for vocational purposes, you are hands on, you're there to get in, out and a certificate. You can't afford not to participate because you will be left behind and that's no one's intention, but you kind of just have to ask yourself, why, why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, because if you don't believe that you are going to succeed, no one else is going to convince you by believing in you enough to make it happen. That's very true. You know, and what, what do you kind of do to try to help the student get out of their own head and help them? to get over that fear and kind of participate. Usually I have them put a hole in me. So, um, (laughs) but if I can avoid that, it's just sitting down and asking, you know, um, because we do things out of fear, Mm -hmm. right? So when you kind of zoom out and if you can ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of injuring someone or am I afraid of failing? Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, it's the latter. It is the failure that mm-hmm. prevents people from making the move. They don't want to do it badly. So they're afraid to try. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we learn so much better from trying yes. and failing than we ever would if we didn't try at all. Exactly. And a yeah. lot of people don't learn unless they do fail, at least to a certain extent. Yeah. High five. If you end up trying to do it for them yeah. to help them succeed, it just counteracts everything. Absolutely. You should absolutely be willing to take the fail and learn from that fail mm-hmm. and move forward. Well, and you're learning. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting to me. I'm, I'm a huge trust the process person. Mm-hmm. I probably resonate too comfortably in the process from time to time. My mom's <laughs> probably like, Oh, amen. But, <laughs> but I don't skip steps. You know, like we live in a world where instant gratification is a thing. And we are stimulated by it constantly, whether our texts are going off or we have an alert that our emails, not that I like that one. That one does not thrill me. It's like, ah, my email box is backing up again. But, you know, um, ordering food online and not even having to go into the grocery store to pick up our, our groceries for the week. Like exactly. we are at such a fast pace right now that we're used to having that instant gratification. But I tell my students all the time, and I love when their first successful draw comes at a price of failing over and over and over and over. Yeah. Because when you do the work and you succeed, it's far more gratifying. Oh, yeah. You appreciate it so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. You've earned it. You've earned it. Yeah. That is you went, you went through it. your steps and you've earned that yep. success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always try to tell students as well, it's the same with any kind of skill that you're building. You don't become a Golden Gloves boxer by going to the gym one time and hitting a punching bag. You have to do the process repeatedly and train repeatedly on the most boring techniques, the most (laughs) mundane little things. You have to keep repeating over and over and over again, because when that spotlight turns on or you're drawing somebody in that chair, those nerves, that adrenaline kicks up and you go blank. But in those blank moments, when you've practiced and practiced, it all comes naturally. Yes. Yeah. So... They, they feel the success of their hard work after a while. And I hope so, you know, and that should be enough to ride you out for the next time that you're going to 
fail because you will, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a part of this thing called life. You know, well, I mean, even as a skilled phlebotomist that's been working for 30 years, you're still going to miss. Absolutely. You're still going to have days that you're off. Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to be something that's going to crush you essentially the way that you feel like it does in class, right? In class, when you miss, Oh, you feel like it's the end of everything that you can't do anything. I need to rethink my life. What am I doing? But once you get into the field and you start working, you start to understand, like sometimes you miss. Usually it's just something that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mondays are a Monday. After hanging out with Marge and Rita on Sunday, like it's it's rough. (laughs) (laughs) But you recover. Yeah, you do. You know, and then also I think the second thing that I tell a lot of my students is being able to check it at the door. Whatever it is, what are you here for to learn? And to excel at a skill. Yeah. Well, it's, once you come to a phlebotomy chair, you've got to realize it's no longer about you. No. Now your focus is your patient. So now everything is about them. You don't exist in that moment. No. Right? I tell my students all the time, pretend that you are stabbing yourself. And by stabbing, I mean, you know, drawing, not with a marker. <laughs> Gosh, I need to get better with my language. Anyway, so you know what I'm saying? Yes. So if what's the golden rule in life? Do unto others as you would want done to you. It's not that hard, but we all struggle with it as humans. But when you are able to step into your own shoes, essentially, because as a student, you're nervous, you want to be told what to do, you know, how about like, again, what about what you don't want done to you? We can learn just as much from what we don't want as what we do want. We just need to make sure that our focus is on the goal, not on the fear. That's true. Not a lot of people put it in that kind of... uh thought process, but it's very true. What wouldn't you want done to you? And I tell them in similar ways, it's like, would you rather me go through the process, do this properly and only have to stick you one time? Yep. Or would I rush myself, get nervous, not really pay attention to what I'm doing and possibly have to draw you again, right? Because I've missed the vein and now we have to start this process all over again. You'd probably prefer that I take a breath Take a minute. Yeah. Calm myself down. You're going to do it. Do it right. And then go for my drive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's one of the things that we work with the students as well to make sure that they're able to calm themselves. And I've noticed in your classes, I see you go to the draw chairs and I see when students are ready to draw, you verbally tell them to go ahead and take that deep breath. Yes. Right. How do you feel like that affects them? Well, as a yoga lover... And incense and all smelly things that are great. Um, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, that wasn't even. That means. I'm the breathing. Okay, yes, okay. The breathing. So for me, I feel like it's a recharge. Mm-hmm. It is resetting. Um, I like to do performances. So for me, an adrenaline rush, it, there's nothing better than it. And I just love to slide down this rainbow, you know, archway. But I acknowledge and understand why for a lot of people that feeling is horrifying, feels terrible, also acts as a paralytic rather than a promoter. Mm-hmm. And so... If you kind of stop and you can basically hijack your brain yeah, and slow down your heartbeat and what better way to do that than get some oxygenated blood into your 
your body and just yeah, it would be similar to like a, a vasovagal maneuver to try to slow yes. the heart rate, calm them down, yeah, right before the moment of entry so that they don't miss that vein from shaking too much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all the time that we had for today. Thank you, Candice, for joining me and discussing phlebotomy. Oh, I thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> These buttons are great, by the way. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening in. New episodes posted weekly. Want to be part of the community? Send us a message to be featured in next week's episode. We'll see you on campus.